Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We always have a little story time with each other before we get to it. Blaine always tells me something. I'm like, what? And I heard Lucas going, talk, guys. Talk. You're on. You're on. We're in here having a conversation with each other. We're going to carry the conversation over to the people now for the next two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Sorry I, to interrupt. Yeah, no, thanks, you're Lucas. Fine. Yeah, the Lucas, I was asking, was he having a great day? And he was like, eh, kind of, sort of, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from or what happened, but uh, I would hope uh, his day can only go and get better and go up. <laughs> Already has. Seeing you guys brightens my day every day. Oh, I'll listen man. to him talk to his work I just, I laid that, that up there, and you just finger-rolled <laughs> it right over the rim. Right? Yeah, nice, nice finger-roll yeah. there, Tannehill. Speaking of Tannehill, uh, yes. if you, maybe, maybe you've maybe you been at work or just things have conspired against you checking in on <laughs> the world today, but uh, Ryan, Tan- Ryan Tannehill placed on the COVID reserve list by the Titans earlier today. And um, this from Pro Football Talk, the fact that he's vaccinated, they said it means two things. Number one, that he tested positive. So if you, he has he told the world he was vaccinated before right as camp started. So this isn't close contact. If you're vaccinated, you if you go on this list, if you're already vaccinated, it means only that you tested positive, not that you were close contact with somebody. Also means he can return after two negative tests, uh, at least 24 hours apart, which a lot of us learned about this rule from Mike Vrabel. Or I guess you would ultimately wait the 10 days that people have been waiting. So Harold Landry went on it yesterday. All this stuff happens at like 2.59.30 after we're off the air every day. But Harold Landry went on it. Nick DeZubnar, who they just brought back, who's a linebacker who plays primarily special teams. Anthony Rush, Blaine, who's a guy that both of us have noticed, and he's this huge dude, and he hustles, and he's playing well on the defensive line. Justin March Lillard, who's one of the two named linebackers, and that dude's been doing some things. Uh, another guy that we've noticed, Jeremy McNichols, Jeff Swaim. Mike Vrabel's still on the list. So there's a large contingent of uh, As well Titans. as maybe some coaches that we're not sure of because they haven't been at practice. And, uh, so I, I don't know where that goes with that. But, uh, yeah, so there may be a possibility of even, uh, you know, more. And and a good thing about it is uh, still got a, a little ways to the first game. So they have uh, plenty of time to uh, test uh, on the positive side uh, or, or negative side of it uh, here. So, you know. They won't be missing at least uh, the first game if, if that becomes a, you know, position of, you know, where they're really concerned at this point. So I, I think everybody, I think uh, Jr. said that everybody's doing really well, kind of maybe rough first day or, yeah. you know, a couple of symptoms here or there, but they're all, everybody's doing pretty well. Well, again, maybe, as you said, if you're looking for a silver lining to this COVID cloud that just seems to constantly hang over all of us in our personal lives and our sports lives and your kids' school lives and just every aspect of life that we're all living, as far as your football life and the Titans go, having this now, they don't play until September 12th. So like you said, if this is going to happen, you don't want it to happen to anybody, but the timing would time out that they should be able to start the season if, if it can just stop happening, because you remember last year when the outbreak happened, it's like, okay, there was a clear day, but then the next day another guy tested positive, and then the next day it was two, then there was a clear day. So hopefully hopefully this can can stop right here with the people who have it, run its course through those guys with them keeping all their health and, and being okay, Lord willing, and then everybody's ready to go for week one. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you always want to be optimistic, but uh, you know, this, you know, COVID and self, you know, second uh, Delta variant, we don't know. It's very unpredictable. 
So uh, to sit here and, and get all bent out of shape to me is, uh, you know, really there shouldn't be because it's uncontrollable. You can't determine. All you can do is protect yourself, get healthy as quickly as possible and move forward. It's no different. And naturally people are dying. But I mean, you can't control when you get the flu. You can't control. It. So all you can do is do everything you can to not get it. And there's still a possibility you can. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, and I think it's going to probably be an issue just like it was last season. Unfortunately, hopefully it won't be. But there's a possibility it could be. Uh, so we got to hold on to our uh, seat belts and get ready to rock and roll because, hey, man, guess what? What's out of Matt Barkley could be rolling out there at some point during the season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, in any other position, but naturally we're going to talk about quarterbacks and Stanley Hill's tested positive. And we all know he got the, the shot uh, during training camp earlier when they first started. So uh, it shows uh, it can protect you uh, but not protect you from uh, testing positive. So that that's a good thing, though. Blaine, this is an interesting question. By the way, you can catch us on the Zone TV chat. You can always join the discussion on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. This is from Dallas uh, in the Zone TV chat. He said, let me ask you, do you guys think teams should have been able to have joint practices? Good one. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I think everybody – how do I say this? I think everybody kind of took a breath and felt like we've beaten this thing. Because this time last year, remember, there was no training camps. Like, hey, we're just going to try to live till the season. It, it And all of us, I was guilty of it, too. Now, it was always in the back of my mind, like, oh, Lord, please don't let this come roaring back. Please don't let this come roaring back. And now we see variants of this that has come roaring back. But last year, they didn't even have training camp. And this year, they went back to training camp. There are fans at a lot of teams' practices, and they still did those joint practices I'd be interested, real interested, if we're still in the same boat in some shape, form, or fashion next year. I bet they don't do that. I bet the players' union or somebody would step up and say, "Hey, let's let's stay contained amongst ourselves and get health and try to our best to stay healthy till the start of the season when we have to then fly to well, other well, cities." You know, hindsight is twenty twenty here, yeah. Mickey. But I, I don't think that really. I, I don't think it would have stopped anything. To be honest, I, I don't think that's why the outbreak happened. They they could talk about Bruce Arian saying something and, and meeting for dinner, and it's so you know hypothetical of how people catch it and not. I mean, there's other practices going on. Nobody's had an outbreak, yep. and, you know. So I don't know if I can really say that. Uh, besides, everybody, you know, just try to do the best you can. Uh, keep uh, your own health first and foremost, but then also your family and then, you know, your team. I mean, you want to be, you know, safe in this whole process because you want to be available. Yeah. Um, so uh, I just think it's the second go round and uh, you still have to err on the side of caution. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the same rules are in place for this season as though it was last season as far as the players. Uh I think money's involved here, and I think they're going to move forward. All the stadiums, uh, whether it's college or pro, are going to have, uh, you know, fans in the stands. Yep. Whether you got to have, uh, in certain states, uh, proof that you have the shot, or if you don't, then there's no proof. I mean, in some states. So it just depends on the rules for each state. So uh, let's move forward, but also be cautious at the same time. Uh, and I would hope uh, everybody is, yeah, because this is uh, serious stuff. Solomon Wilcox is going to join us in a minute. So here's the plan. Solomon, uh, a guy that was playing in the league when Blaine was playing and has been a national announcer for a lot of different networks and entities, NFL Network, you name it. He's going to join us. We're going to talk to him about 10 minutes. But the plan is around 1.30, Mike Vrabel is set to speak. So we plan on going live to that. So 
We'll take a little bit of an early break in this segment because we want to make sure that we get some good time with Solomon. Uh, Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Again, Solomon Wilcott's coming up. We plan on going live to Mike Grable at one thirty. Coach Doug Matthews uh, will join us in the 2 o'clock hour with all the latest from Tennessee. Guys, we're a week out from the Tennessee Vols playing football on a Thursday night. So all that's coming up. It's a full two-hour show. Just uh, get yourself ready, strap in, because we're going to have a lot of fun, talk a lot of football today. One zero four five, the Zone. Solomon Wilcots will join us here in just a second. Longtime uh, NFL broadcaster, NFL player, been looking forward to catching up with him. Variety of NFL topics that we will get to as the season is right around the corner. The last round of preseason games getting played this weekend, and teams will cut to fifty three, and away we will go on the regular season. Let's uh, let's bring in Solomon Wilcots now. Solomon, uh, always great to catch up with you, and uh, thanks for jumping on with us today. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It, it is good to be on with you. Now, anytime I have a former player on, I feel like the best things happen when I just let Blaine Bishop and the former player trade stories. So let's just start uh, out. I'll let you and the hitman get rolling <laughs> today because uh, I, I know you guys will have some good stuff. <laughs> well, nah, nah, thanks Blaine's for coming. good people. <laughs> nah, no question about it. We're on with the Emmy Award-winning broadcaster and writer and analyst for PFF, NFL, and Sirius XM. I guess give us a, a little background, like, you know, what that was like to, to win the, uh, you know, Emmy Award for broadcasting, man, to kind of take us back. <laughs> well, uh, you remember I started, uh, I had one vision for the local NBC affiliate in Cincinnati for about five or six years, and I had the good fortune of going to work for E-Working on the Sunday night broadcast with a great producer, Fred Belly, as the NBC Sunday night producer. But I worked with, you know, Joe Tyson, Paul McGuire, Mike Patrick, and we just had one heck of a run that year for live, uh, doing a live event, live games, and we all won an Emmy uh, working together. But I, uh, you know, I got to cover NCAA basketball, the NBA, Major League Baseball. So, you know, to be awarded, uh, you know, and honored in a way where you know I'm, they paid the work that I was doing, and I'm greatly appreciative. No doubt about it. We're on with Solomon Wilcox, uh, Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, of course, and former NFL player. I guess let's start here since, we, you know, Cincinnati guy. You know, should uh, the Bengals, I think he is going to play, but I'm not sure he should. Should Joe Barrow uh, play for, you know, in the final preseason game there with Cincinnati? I do think he needs to play. I think he needs to dust off some of the rust, knock it off, and Get in there with, you know, the other guys, Joe Mixon and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And, you know, they've got to be able to make and Jamar Chase as well. They've got to be able to have some live plays together. I'd be very careful, maybe a couple of series, just enough. He's eight months post-op, you know, since he had surgery to repair that uh, torn Achilles tendon. Uh, but he needs to get in there. I, you know, he's going to play week one. I talked to Joe. He said definitely – plan week one but it'd be great to get in some action at least a few series before getting out there for the real thing on september 12th man there's a lot of quarterback battles with you know young quarterbacks to veteran quarterbacks and and naturally we have in new england where cam mispracked i think he's back out there today but how much do you think that hurt in his cause to fight off the young uh, mac jones uh, that was taken in the first round 
Well, hey, listen, Mac Jones had one heck of a practice yesterday in their joint sessions against the New York Giants. He was 21 of 23. It's been reported that he completed 18 consecutive passes. And, Blaine, you know what this means. It was reported that uh, Bill Belichick actually came over and gave him a high five. That's big now. You got to understand that don't happen. And that, he had to be giddy over oh, the performance wow. of Mac Jones. So, you know how it is, Blaine, when you let the young guys get your reps, man. That's how you get Wally Pip, right? You get <laughs> young guys. <laughs> young guy grows in confidence, and he's showing off to the other teammates, the, the coaching staff, and even the other team. They all saw it. So, yeah, that that's a game changer now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Actually, uh, you know, I, I kind of – I'm cheering for Mac Jones to win the job just so you can then have a curveball with, with, with Cam Newton coming off the bench. I think that'll be fascinating to watch. But one thing that's been really fascinating, uh, Solomon, I guess lastly before I pass it over to, to Mickey, is Urban Meyer and his already shortened, I guess, preseason decisions throughout to this point. Uh, what has been your evaluation, really, of the Jaguars and Urban Meyer? And I know it's no real live, you know, you know you know, regular season games, but throughout this preseason and how they're working with Trevor Lawrence and now he's, and they said he's the starter. Did he actually win the job? Did Minshew beat him out or, or did Trevor Lawrence actually win the job? I, I think he beat out Minshew. Minshew did not perform up to his norm. And he, I think he played below expectation. Trevor Lawrence was a little bit better, but not much. The point is they didn't do a good job protecting Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence didn't do a good job of protecting himself. I'm watching Daryl Beverly. Hello. Solomon Wilcott's uh, our guest. Maybe a bit of a phone issue. Just to find. Okay. Uh, Lucas says he's still on the line, but we appear to have lost him. Solomon! We may need to uh, try to reestablish that connection, Lucas. Again, Mike Vrabel said to uh, speak to the press in about eight minutes, but we hope to have some more good time with Solomon Wilcox here before that happens. Well, maybe he'll call us back. But, uh, you know, I I was interested because I I thought Urban Meyer had – I think he was going on a road. If Minshew really beat out Trevor Lawrence, then players are going to sit here and start looking at him like, wait a minute now. We know he's the first pick, but he's not ready yet. Things of that nature. So I think they need to do a better uh, thing in terms of plan of designing around him, protecting the quarterback, and try running the ball a little bit to add some balance as well. Solomon, it appears we're having a little bit of a phone connection problem with you. You dropped in and out just a little bit. Can you hear us if we got you? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, all right. You're back strong there. We, we You were just kind of drifting in and out a little bit. Solomon Wilcott, uh, Wilcott's our guest uh, at Solomon's Wisdom, one of the great – Twitter handles. Great pipes. Absolutely. (laughs) I I know we've been asking you about some rookie quarterback and young quarterback situations, but what are your thoughts on Ryan Tannehill? It seems like, Solomon, there's a whole lot of people who cover the league that are waiting him to sort of slide back to who he was with the Dolphins, and we haven't really seen any sign of that in Tennessee. He's he's been a different guy here. Listen, anyone who thinks Ryan Tannehill – is not the guy that you've seen over the last two years since coming to Nashville. They're just not paying attention. The guy is 
I think he's simply phenomenal. Um, and he showed that, okay, when he was at Miami, he did take that team to the playoffs. Uh, they were not a real steady organization. Uh, there were some things they could have done a whole lot better around Ryan Tannehill, but he certainly upheld his end of the deal. He has graded out very well um, in our PFF database over the last two seasons between 2019 and 2020. Um his over I mean, 40 big-time plays or big-time throws, the fact that he's been able to complete, you know, 65% of his passes over the last two years with a quarterback rating well over 100. Ryan Tannehill is one of the top quarterbacks in our league. He gives you a chance to win every week, and I don't think any team can ask for any better. I think we don't need to expect everybody to be Tom Brady or Drew Brees, but Ryan Tannehill is good enough just being himself. We've all had a ball here watching Derrick Henry play his college football right in the backyard down the road in Alabama. Then he comes to the Titans. He's a 2,000-yard rusher. And and there's this adage, you don't pay the running back. But it's fun watching this guy work so hard, Solomon, that he's been proving that old adage wrong. Are you kidding me? This guy, listen, he's the workhorse. And he can run and put and do damage with a very crowded box against an eight-man front, nine-man front. He still is going to get his. What I think the Titans have done a really good job doing is not getting away from him when needed. There are too many coaches that when they go to call plays and they try to get cute and they tend to get away from someone that can really dominate and take over a ball game and all the metrics show that you got to throw a little bit more. You got to, the Titans know who they are and they're not going to get away from Derrick Henry. You and I both know we can go back maybe six, seven years ago where they um, they needed a running back like this. They needed an offensive line like this. And now that they have it, they're going to lean on it and go play action pass and RPOs. And now they've got the receivers on the outside that if you stack the box, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown will eat you alive with single coverage on the outside. So I think they've got the perfect mix to go inside and outside and dictate the defenses in a way that maybe they haven't been able to do over the last several years. Man, good stuff. At Solomon's Wisdom on Twitter, Solomon Wilcots, our guest on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Solomon, when I look at the Titans, I feel like, man, they, they have a good, solid overall team on offense. And now defensively, they have muchly improved based off of last season. They had only choice was to go up. But if you were starting preseason to rank your top five AFC teams, who would they be? I'm going to go. You got to start with Kansas City. Yep. Um, I think next, uh, I would. It's going to shock you. Um, I would. I would say it's Cleveland, mm-hmm. um, and then I would go Pittsburgh, and then I'd go Baltimore. I know those three teams are all in the same division. <laughs> They're that good. They're that good. And then, then I'm going to go. I, I I hope this doesn't hurt you guys' feelings because I still got to see the Titans rush the quarterback better. I got to see them cover bad. Then I'm going to go Indianapolis Colts as the fifth. Oh, so I thought you were going to say Buffalo yeah. or something. But, oh, the, the call. No. Oh, you know I'm oh, from you know Indy. What? I, I, I am guys, from I'm Indy. I, for, I forgot about Buffalo because Buffalo would be number <laughs> oh, two. Buffalo Buffalo would be number two over the Cleveland Browns. I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I'm spinning, but no, Buffalo would be number two over the Browns. Okay. And so then you have Kansas City, Buffalo, the Browns, Pittsburgh, and then Baltimore? 
Yeah, they're Baltimore. Now, look, I know the Titans have had the Baltimore Ravens number, mm-hmm. but last time we saw them play, Baltimore did get the best of them. I, listen, I think the Titans are one of the best teams in the entire league. But right now, uh, because of the Colts' offensive line and defensive line, and I just think the defensive line, I'd give them the edge in terms of their ability to rush the quarterback over the Tennessee Titans. Mm. Well, now give me the NFC top five, because naturally that means you got Kansas City in the Super Bowl versus who's your top five in the NFC? Oh, are you? Hey, listen, if you if anybody argues against me when I say Tampa Bay is the number one team <laughs> in the NFC, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> Tampa, look, they brought all of them back, Blaine. Come yes, on, man. They, they brought them all back. And I, I just think they are dominant now. The other team that I think is just going to – to me, they're not a surprise. I just think they're that good. Um, I think the 49ers are loaded. Um, their defensive line is loaded. We know about the offensive line. And I just think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo win healthy. He does play well. Um, he's won 70% of the games that he started for the Niners since he's been there. But between he and Trey Lance, I think they're going to be really good. And then I have uh, the Green Bay Packers as the next best team, and then uh, the Rams at number four, New Orleans Saints, if they get their act together at number five. Oh, we're on with Solomon uh, Wilcott, uh, Emmy Award-winning broadcaster. That's right, Solomon. But before we let you go, tell people about uh, Operation Expanded Testing and who is eligible to enroll in this program that you're telling people about. Well, guys, thanks for I, – I really greatly appreciate it. And Blaine knows this. Every fall season means it's time for football, but it's also time to go back to school. And Operation Expanded Testing is a no-cost program coordinated by uh, Health and Human Services and the Department of Defense to provide um, schools K through 12 uh, an opportunity to go back to school safely. And it's about testing. If we want to make sure that kids can stay in school and they don't have to – um, go back to virtual learning, um, along with an affinity empowerment. Um, and they have implemented these testing programs. And so Operation Expanded Testing, it's a federal no-cost program to provide COVID-19 surveillance testing to schools and community organizations. No paperwork needed, no heavy financial um, you know, audits that need to be done. It's very easy, and all you have to do just go to the website, affinitytesting.com, or call 1-844-631-0469. Solomon, thank you. We're getting a bunch of comments in our chat here. People saying you got to have Solomon back on, but he does need to bump up the Titans ranking a little bit. <laughs> tell, tell them, I'm, you know, I'm all over the Titans. There's no doubt about it. But, hey, look, Caleb Farley, I think, is, can help rescue the secondary but, hey, Blaine, you cannot cover anybody if we can't get to the quarterback. And we know last year when the Titans spent money on a couple of guys to get to the quarterback, they had zero sacks between them, Vic yeah. Beasley and Jadavion Clown. <laughs> no doubt about Ooh, it. That's a, that's a painful memory. Solomon, thank you. We'll catch up again soon. Appreciate it. All the best to you guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Solomon Wilcox, award-winning broadcaster. All right. Mike Vrabel is, I don't know about award-winning, but he is the Titans head coach. He's speaking right now. Let's go live to Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. Or do you give one more one day, less the next day? How, how, how do you feel like that will work? Well, I don't think it's going to matter going uh, forward tomorrow. The plan for the game would be to 
start Matt, just like we started Logan last week, and then rotate those guys every two series. So hopefully we can continue to get a, um, you know, a great evaluation of those guys and, you know, give Matt the opportunity to start the game and see if he can't, um, you know, get us off to a good start. Uh, Buck? Yeah, Mike, I know you, you've talked about having multiple guys on your staff with uh, head coaching experience and things of that nature, but without you and without Craig potentially on Saturday, how does that kind of work uh, We're going to be fine. You know, Matt Edwards will help out, and, you know, I, I promise you we'll be, um, we'll be just fine for Saturday. Um, so I'm, I'm confident in that. You know, Matt will have some help. The biggest thing for, for the preseason and special teams is, just trying to corral the the million of moving parts of, you know, who's, who's still in the game, who, who's, who's not. And that's the biggest thing. You know, the schemes are going to stay, you know, fairly consistent and, and fairly basic. Um, but it'll be about, you know, who can make sure that we can help Matt, you know, corral the guys that are on the punt team, you know, the guys that are up on the kickoff team in the third quarter or fourth quarter, you know, making sure that that, that operation is sound. Uh, Kayla. Hey, Coach, hope you're doing well. Um, when it comes to the final preseason game of, of this fall camp, I mean, what do you want to see uh, in these in these uh, four quarters? Well, I want to see that, uh, you know, try to get as many guys out there that we possibly can. You know, we, we haven't had a whole lot of work. We've had, you know, some guys working their way back from stuff. Um, so I'll talk to Todd here, you know, find out who, who we think is available and then, you know, how much we feel like they should play in the game and then continue on what we've done, you know, trying to, you know, establish some sort of identity and how we want to play these games and, uh, continue to, to work on our football conditioning. Uh, Paul. Surely there's no competitive advantage here, Mike. Is it a secret because you haven't decided or is it a secret? What, I don't, what, what are we deciding? Like who's going to challenge the, the calls on Saturday night, Paul? What, what are, what's, somebody's, what do op somebody's operationally functioning as the head coach on Saturday night. Yep. And on Saturday night, you'll know exactly who it is, Paul. Are you in communication? Are you allowed to be in communication in any way, shape, or form? As far as I'm going to watch the game and listen to Mike Keith and Coach Matt call it on the radio, I really don't think I, 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 after, you know, I could look back, you know, in the operational manual, I, I, I'm almost positive, Paul, that there is, um, that there's not any, you know, communication. You know, I, I'm almost positive of that. Um, you know, and I think if it was a regular season game, we would, you know, be more creative and, and look into that. Um, but I, I'm almost positive that there's not, you know, that you're not allowed to have those types of communications, uh, you know, if you're not involved with the with the game uh, on game day at the stadium. Okay. Mike, uh, we've noticed in practice, too, that uh, in your absence, John Robinson's been a lot more involved helping oversee things and assisting the coaching staff. Is that kind of been by design as well? Sure. I mean, John, you know, our whole idea is that no job is, is too small. Um, you know, everybody's going to try to help out where they can, you know, obviously uh, 
I would like to not, you know, break up what we feel like is, you know, everyone's normal duty uh, during during the preseason. And if this had, you know, been a regular season, I think that that certainly would have changed uh, my my mindset. But we're we're really still trying to get prepared for the regular season, so I don't want to, you know, take a whole lot of moving parts and, you know, change people's you know, responsibilities around. Uh, ben Arthur. Hey, Mike, obviously um, the, the COVID situation, you know, you guys are dealing with is un unfortunate, but is there at least a sense of ease or at least some, some kind of confidence that this is kind of happening now and, and not the regular season that you guys kind of have time to, you know, get everyone back before um, the, the games start to, to count and whatnot? Well, I don't think that there's any guarantee, Ben, that that, you know, situations won't arise in October or November. You know, I wish that we could guarantee that. I don't think anybody can. But as far as a timing perspective, uh, we, we, we do have time, not that we have, you know, time to waste. But, you know, there, there is, um, you know, a very real possibility that we'll have all those guys back and and healthy and ready to um you know to help us win and perform uh david Beauclair. mike back back to saturday and and what you'll be doing i mean will you just simply watch the game will you be charting anything you know doing anything from an evaluation perspective at that during that time you think well i mean i'll certainly be you know in an evaluation mode i'm always you know watching our team uh to see who's performing and, you know, what it, what it looks like, but you know, what, what am I going to be able to do? I'm not going to be able to, to affect the game. Um, you know, these guys are playing for, for a lot. There's a lot of jobs, man. These guys are playing for jobs and they know that. And, you know, we're, we're going to put guys out there that, you know, are in competitive battles that are ready to compete. And these are great, uh, great barometers. You know, we've seen guys, you know, show up and play well in games the last two games, and uh, that's important. Uh, so I, I don't underestimate the value of, of going out there and playing a football game. You know, what I'll be able to do, I'll be able to sit there and watch. I'm not going to be able to, you know, have a whole bit large impact on the game. Uh, Gentry? Yeah, Mike, with um... – you know, with what you've been going through the last few days, kind of what the team's going through now, how, how much has it eased your your concerns with the introduction of the of the vaccine, you know, and the high rate you have as a team versus what you guys dealt with last year in terms of just, you know, worrying about guys being okay? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the levels of, you know, certainly the, the vaccine, I believe, maybe made the you know, symptoms in my specific case um, less. I, I think that's also the case from, from what I've heard from our other players. Um, so, so it is important, you know, because there, there is no fail safe. We've, we've proven that. Um, all we can try to do is, is maximize our ability to, to stay safe, to function as a team, to keep our family safe, uh, to do our jobs uh, and, and do them well. So, you know, I'm proud of where we're at as a, as a team uh, in the vaccination rate. But, you know, hopefully we can continue to do that, 
you know, and, and allow our communities and, and everyone to to enjoy the games, enjoy, um, you know, enjoy life. Uh, last couple, uh, Paul. Mike, throughout camp, there's been talk about thing, things to come, like Harold and Bud said, we'll have time to get on the field together and get in sync. And Ryan and Julio said, we'll have time to get on the field and, and get in sync. Is there any concern that, that these things are now costing you that time? No. Uh, Don? Go Mike, uh, touching on the on the quarterback situation again, does it speak well to what Barkley's been able to do in a, in a relatively short amount of time, um, you know, that he's getting the, the start? Or did you always plan to kind of flip, you know, the, the two and the three uh, in these two preseason games? Well, uh, Matt will start the game, uh, try to get us off to a good start, give him that opportunity, and then they'll rotate every two series after that. Um, so that we can kind of continue to get a great evaluation on both those guys. All right, coach, that's that'll wrap it up. Thanks guys. Thank you, Mike. Mike Vrabel, uh, we missed the first little bit of that. I think Lucas, you had, uh, had sent me a message and said what, what he missed was him saying he did not yet have a negative test. Correct. Is that right? And I've seen several people report that. Yes. That and that Craig Ackerman is in the COVID protocol and will likely not be available Saturday. Okay. So there you go. Mike Rabel speaking to the press, uh, anything that you heard, you want to react to, you can do it obviously in the zone TV chat. Many people are doing that or on the Mark Spain real estate hotline. We got open line six, one, five, seven, three, seven, one, Oh, four, five. Uh, call us. Let's talk some Titans. Some uh, notes, actually some good news that we will share about the Titans. Good news about a player coming back. Share that next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Um, so, lots going on with the Titans. It, it's like the mound scene in Bull Durham sometimes, and there's a lot going on. We're trying to sort through everything. That's the uh, scene that I think of. Where they, you know, they're trying to figure out if candlesticks are a good wedding gift, that kind of thing. Ryan Tannehill on the COVID list uh, joins Harold Landry, Nick DeZudnar, Anthony Rush, Justin March Lillard, Jeremy Nichols, and Jeff Swain. Mike Vrabel was already there. Now Craig Ackerman, uh, just now per Mike Vrabel, Craig Ackerman, the special teams coach, who has been in charge before when Mike Vrabel had to step away. He is in the protocol, too. So that's just updating you on everything we know right now uh, about the Titans and COVID and who's in and, and what's going on. I know we've got a caller as well. So let's bring Scott in on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Scott, thanks for calling Blaine and Mickey from uh, just down the road in Franklin. Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just had a question. You were talking about uh, Coach Grable and uh, the fact that he, he perhaps won't be able to give any feedback or any any direction to the team per the NFL rules, and I expect that's true. Uh, um, so my question would be, is there anything that would preclude him from talking to the coach if he had something important to say or directive to give to the team? Would he be able to uh, – I was just wondering if he'd be able to call – the existing coach that he puts in place in his absence and, and, and uh, transfer a message that way. During the game. Yeah. 
Well, based off what he's saying, I don't think he can. Now, that yeah. that doesn't mean he can't, like, call at halftime yeah. and talk to somebody or, you know, when everybody has access to phones. I, I don't think they can actually talk to the coaches. I mean, because he can't be up in the booth or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm, I have to go with what Vrabel said. Uh, you know, that's that's against the rules now. I mean, but, you know, hey, halftime and you can call anybody you want to. <laughs> and they have the phone on and you can give them a call. Hey, man, check your phone at halftime. Someone will send you a bunch of texts about yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. Or, or maybe he's just totally hands-off and he makes his notes and, you know, right after the game. Well, he, it was easier in the preseason to say, sure. I can do that. Yep. But once the season got, we all know every game is so vital and critical that uh, the coach, is, is if he has to sit out, any coach is going to try to find a way to have contact to them uh, at some point in time, and they will get the message to them. Uh, so I would say via halftime, but that'll be tough to do. As he stated, it's actually not supposed to do it. We said this over and over again last year, and I remember, Blaine, we had Charles Robinson on, who's one of the OG NFL reporters, the guy from Yahoo Sports. And and we said, you know, because none of us really knew anything at that point. Like, gosh, Charles, what do you think is going to happen? And you remember that dude said this, like like you would say, it's Thursday and the sun is shining. And he said, they're going to play every one of these games this year because it's a TV show. And I've, I've kind of called it that for a year. I mean, we think of it as more than that, but – but to networks and to because it's entertainment, yeah. it's entertainment. It's billions of dollars of entertainment, and so the NFL, their contract or your favorite football team and the conference they play in, their contract says they have to provide this many TV shows a year, and those TV shows are football games. And Charles Robinson said, "Guys, I don't care what they got to do; they're going to play." Remember, we saw the Titans what they played every day of the week last year, but yeah. Friday maybe it was something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So. The NFL is going to keep finding ways to put TV shows on the air. and Regardless I, of who's starting at quarterback, running back, if the coach is available or it, not. doesn't yeah. matter. That's how we so they, maybe they come up with some kind of rule during COVID that if your coach has COVID, I, I, I don't know how he can talk to the guy. Who's, I don't think he's going to want to be trying to help you know say things during the game because if you're at home watching you're way behind what's happening on the field because of the delay with tv and mm. the delay with radio That's why i keep saying halftime and here's what i'll even add to the halftime if i'm the coach zoom meeting at halftime they're already gonna have the big screen in there waiting for me too <laughs> i would Seriously, be though. i mean i mean yeah uh you you gotta get your, your say so in there as yeah. as a coach so at some point i, I think that would be something that, that could be an option. Oh, 100%. I mean, play-by-play play and whether to go forward on fourth down or challenge a call, maybe you could try to finagle that, but that that's a lot harder than where at halftime you could at least get everything in that you have to say, not only to the coaches, but to the players. I just know all these major conferences, Blaine, have said, if you can't play a game because of COVID, then you're going to forfeit the game. I, yeah, well, you're talking about college. College. Mm-hmm. Because the NFL's never said that. Amen. No, that's why they got these expanded rosters as far as practice squad and everything else. There's players available. No, they're going to play. And we know it's a quarterback-driven league, and that moves all the ratings. But basically, the NFL does. And everybody under the umbrella of the NFL moves ratings in. So you put a a product out there, it doesn't matter who is in uniform or not in their eyes. Remember Denver last year? They played with a practice squad receiver as a quarterback. And I don't think that dude even dressed for another game. That, that rascal, <laughs> one day he's going to tell his kids, I played quarterback for one game for the Denver Broncos. They're going to be like, uh, Dad, weren't you a receiver? I was. 
I played quarterback for one game for the Denver well, Broncos. If I, if, if I was a receiver right now on the Tennessee Titans roster, to make sure that I'm on the roster, I'll be out there slinging outcuts right now. Yep. Dur- you know, during the uh, warmups, uh, during the individual, so they can see that. Oh, in an emergency, he could actually do that. Mm-hmm. Let me see you throw it out with a uh, with a guy defending him. Yep. <laughs> hey, yeah, you- that may get you to dress on game day. Yep. But over another player that's just you know maybe a, a role player, a special teams guy, and you both are special teams players. Yeah. The more valuable you are, the more likelihood you are to get on that field. Absolutely. And I said I would give good news. Uh, The good news is, and you won't think this is a very big deal, but it is because he's a valuable guy. Aaron Brewer passed his physical so he can practice now as an interior line piece. Um, A a guy who uh, can really help this offensive line's depth, which they've had none in this preseason. Uh, all right, Lucas is barking in our ear. He tells us we got to go because we got to wrap up hour number one so we can get to hour number two. Uh, we'll hear a little bit more from Mike Vrabel talking about how he's going to juggle the coaching staff. Lucas got that. It's a little bit of what we missed earlier, so you will want to hear that off the top. And Doug Matthews coming up in a little over 20 minutes as the Tennessee Vols are one week out from starting their season next Thursday night, folks. It is here, college football season. We are here. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Yeah.